The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, you know the voice, you know the guy. It's me, really real, villain real. Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And happy birthday to Julius Randle and Julius Randle only. You know, I just, I love it. I love when a birthday prop comes together. And Julius Randle did exactly, well, not exactly what we need to do. If you got three more rebounds, you would have been really, really up. But it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I sacrificed the double-double for us to be able to ladder his points prop from 20 and a half, 25, 30, 35. I mean, come on. And this is why you have to follow us outside the show because I wasn't on the show yesterday, but I made sure to tweet out Julius Randle's birthday for sure. So, you know, you know, what was the 35 plus points price? Um, I think it was like eight to one, eight to one. To one. Okay. It was like eight, nine to one, something like that. It was pretty high up. Uh, man, I don't even, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, thank you. And happy birthday, Julius Randle. I can't wait till the next birthday. And we just keep this birthday prop thing going. I'm telling you, if you play the birthday props, you're up. Some people don't don't care about their birthdays, and we realize. But other people do. You play the birthday props, you're up. I got my co-host with me. You know the guy. Scott Studio, right? Show. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Good to be back. Uh, I was on yesterday's show and ended up losing the lock in that same game, actually. I had Brunson over 22 and a half points. He had 16, <laughs> he had 16 points in 18 minutes and uh, picked up four fouls. They pulled him early in the third quarter. Knicks went up by, I don't know, about 90 in the third yeah. quarter. Yeah, something like that. And he just didn't play again. So I can't really call that a bad beat because number-wise, I was still about seven points off. He only played 18 minutes. If like he, he was played the pace, minutes, he would have got it. He played he the minutes, he would have got it. He was on pace for 30. Like, he was on pace for – he was six for eight from the floor. Like, he was really good yesterday. He just got into foul trouble, and then the blowout didn't help. But I did end up winning the dog. I had the Clippers on the money line. At plus 145, which wasn't easy because they were down double digits. I believe they're down 18 in the third quarter. But the Clippers do what, you know, Tyloo does, which is fall behind early, come from behind, and find ways to win games. Portland, it's not Norman really Powell. It yeah, was it's Norman, Norman Powell, Powell who had 20, I forgot Two, what the hell he had, 22, 22 in the fourth. 24, whatever. Yeah, he went off in the fourth quarter. I can't even blame Portland, though, because the main criticism from that game is they need a closer, but they're missing their best player who is one of the best closers in the league. So the point is Portland was just shorthanded and the Clippers are more accustomed to it, but Simon's played well. Grant played well. That's really when the game ended. It was when Grant fouled out with like four and a half minutes to go on that offensive foul. And then after that, Portland offensively completely shut down, but they played well. The Clippers just buckled down when they needed to. And luckily for Munaf and I, we had the Clippers money line. We were on the right side of it. Yeah, yeah. I 
good call for you all. I was on Portland last night, and I probably should have, you know, it was a long road trip, first first home game back. You typically fade teams in that spot. So uh, I don't know. You know, I, I have issues taking the Clippers, but could be a good spot to catch them at today. We have a big slate of NBA basketball today. We have, what is this, 10 games? 13 games. Oh, that's my favorite number. 13 games. Let's go ahead and kick it off with the Philadelphia 76ers going to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Minus three and a half for the Cavaliers. Two, ten and a half is the total. And, whoa. Oh, there it is. I was about to say, where did that go? Injury report, we have Tyrese Maxey out with his foot. Uh, James Harden's still out with whatever James Harden's out with. I don't even remember at this point. I thought it was like a hamstring foot injury. Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't remember what he's out for. I got to figure that out. Uh, Lamar Stevens is questionable with an illness. Jared Allen is out with his back. And it looks like Kevin Love is out with the thumb. It was a foot injury for Harden, by the way. Okay. I knew it was something like that. I just didn't know if it was both of their feet. Yeah. Well, him and Maxi. Okay. All right. So, no Jared Allen in this one. Uh, no Kevin Love in this one, it looks like. Could change throughout the day. That's a pretty early injury report. But what are you doing here getting three and a half on the road? So my initial thought in this matchup, which I ended up actually giving out on YouTube, I took Embiid's points, rebounds, and assists just over. It was 44 and a half. I didn't really care. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're looking at who Cleveland has to match up against Embiid, and they don't really have anybody. Because Jared Allen's out. You're looking at Mobley, who's a good defensive player. According to ESPN's uh, actual measurables for the players on their profile page, Embiid mm-hmm. weighs roughly 65 more pounds than Mobley. I don't think Mobley can guard him. I'm just going to say <laughs> it. So I think Embiid's going to do whatever the hell he wants in this game. And if you look at Embiid's performances against the Cavs in the past, he's been. Just an absolute just beast. And if, to go through the numbers here, once again, the prop was 44.5 for points, rebounds, and assists. So I'll go through his last five games against the Cavaliers, starting in February of 2021. He had 42-13-6. Game after that at 40-14-10. Game after that at 22-9-5. Not a great showing there. Game after that, uh, 35-17-5. Game after that, 44-17-3. I don't think Cleveland can guard him. So I took the over on Embiid stuff. I think he's going to have a massive game. He could go for 40 because Philly's going to need to use him every possession. It's not as big of a mismatch as it was against Utah when he Mm -hmm. went for 59. But Mm -hmm. Cleveland really doesn't have many quality options at the center spot because of Mm -hmm. the injuries that they have right now. How does Embiid not go off for a massive stat line in this game? I, I don't know. I don't know. And this is this is the game. Like you're playing a team that runs a slow pace. You want to run up a slow pace. They're not going to try to speed you up at all. You know, they're he's going gonna, to the line 25 times in this game. Like it's just gonna yeah. Happen. Like there, there's very well. You may get them into early foul trouble. You may. It's a lot of stuff. Like I don't know how you're not on everything, Joel Embiid. Your first bucket players, first basket players, Joel Embiid, first basket. I mean. I know it's is chalked up and probably sitting somewhere at like plus two fifty, maybe three to one right now. But you can go for a method and get greedy if you want to go for like free throw. Like yeah, whatever he, they, whatever. say he gets fouled on the inside or he mm-hmm. just 
go ahead and get Saleh up. Like, that's what he does. So, yeah, no, I expect Joel Embiid to take over this game literally from start to finish. And it's really going to be – it. I think the handicap here is – does Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland against that backcourt of the 76ers, which is okay, not really, you know, nothing really to hype about on the defensive end. Do they offset that with their level of scoring? I think it's tricky because Philly's actually been playing pretty well lately. I can't say that they're a great team on paper, but they play hard, yeah. which is, you know, still... They get after it defensively. They get they, after it, yeah. and some teams would roll over if their best two players were out and Embiid's back, which helps. But the Sixers definitely want to make it an ugly game. But I do think when you have basically a guaranteed bucket every time down the floor, and that's why, that's why I also want the rebounds and assists attached to it. It's because mm-hmm. Embiid's assist numbers have been good lately because mm-hmm. they're going to start double-teaming him midway through the third quarter once he has like 25 points. So mm-hmm. I wanted that to be attached too. But I just think at the end of the day, if you're looking for a spot to potentially take an underdog, but you're kind of just blindly backing one player to carry the entire team to a win. I'd probably lean to Philly, but I feel a lot better about the, about the Embiid props because if Philly's going to win, it's a masterclass performance by Embiid. Yeah. I think this is a closer game. I think this is a closer game. I'm not really one so that wants to back Doc Rivers late game situation, but I really don't want to kind of back this Cleveland Cavs team right now. Late game situations especially in a close game. They just kind of folded recently. I mentioned it about Bickerstaff for like over a month at this point. They're not the greatest team to, to actually close in the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So give me the points. I'll take the three and a half. And uh, to the total, I just seen it move down to 209 and a half at some books. But uh, 210 and a half, I'm, I mean, we have to go under, don't we? Don't we think this is like a bar burner of a like a 90 – 95-92 kind of game. Yeah, and just it might sound a little bit counterintuitive to take the Embiid overs and also like the full game under, but a reminder that the Sixers had a 105-98 win against Utah and Embiid at <laughs> 59 points. Like, I, I don't think it really matters. I, I just – I think that the fact that it's going to be at a slower pace – or I'm actually curious what Cleveland's going to do because they might use Dean Wade at the power forward, so maybe they could go faster, but I doubt they will. It's not what they want to do. It being in the half court is actually helpful because you want MB to actually have the ball in his hands all the time, and if it turns into a track meet, he'll just be exhausted. Like, I, I think that it's actually going to work itself out for game flow purposes where MB can be comfortable and he should be able to do whatever he wants. And even when they start double-teaming him, Utah did that too. And he would immediately pass it out, get the ball back, and go quickly, and they still couldn't stop him. I I just Mm -hmm. think Embiid's going to have a massive game here. And I think if you want to look for maybe top point score of the night, if you can Mm -hmm. find that prop available, I'm sure Embiid's going to be one of the favorites. I mean, Giannis is playing tonight. You have a lot of games. But I really think that there's a great script here for Embiid to walk into 40 tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I would ladder his points prop. Well, I mean, you're not going to get much, you know, juice on it because it's so high already. But it was at 30 and a half uh, for the points. That was the thing. I, I was trying to find the prop I actually like the most because mm-hmm. points were at 30 and a half. Rebounds were at like nine and a half, heavily juiced. But rebounding wise, he could be a little bit better, but we'll see what happens. And then the assists were at four and a half at plus money. And he's been walking into like six every game for the last week. But I decided to just join all them together and take the points, rebounds, and assists because. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I, I just think he's going to toy with this defense the entire game. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I let's see. Um, the assists, though, at like four and a half at plus one twenty five, I did like a lot. I, I thought that was a very nice plus price play. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, plus two twenty for him to get thirty five. Plus, what's that's that? not bad. Six fifty, six fifty for him to get forty. Like that's that's decent. We can ladder that and get some good value. So yeah, let's go ahead. And let's ladder his points prop uh, over 30 and a half and then give us the 35 at 220 and give us the 40 at plus 650. I like that. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Excuse me. I, we recorded NFL last night. That's what that was. That's all it was. We, Me and Scott literally just got from recording NFL last night to doing this. The Atlanta Hawks going to play the Orlando Magic in Orlando. Minus six and a half. No, six. Minus six for the Fal- for Falcons. Jesus Christ. For the Hawks. What's with them and birds? Change these mascot names. Six for the Hawks. 227 and a half is the total. Let's see here. And for an injury report for this game, we have Bogdan is doubtful. Jalen Johnson, doubtful. Wendell Carter is out. Jalen Suggs is out. Cole Anthony is available to play. Mo Bamba is questionable. Markel Fultz is available to play. Uh, Terrence Ross is available to play. And then Shuma and Jonathan Isaac are both out. All right. You're laying six on the road with the Hawks. I don't know why my mouth wants to keep saying Falcons right now. I think it's because we had that debate about the Falcons yesterday mm-hmm. on the show. If you didn't listen to NFL Game Podcast, go listen to them. Yeah, Dirty Bird, whatever, whatever. Fuck them. Uh, six on the road with the Hawks, really? I'm not interested. Orlando stinks. They've lost six straight. I watched them against the Nets. The game was competitive, but they didn't really look good throughout the game. I don't know what Atlanta's doing. And we've been, we've been we've been pretty low on this team for the majority of the season. We thought well, as that, soon as we realized that they couldn't shoot. Yeah, <laughs> the it, most it important about, part it of the about game. One game. It took about one game because <laughs> I remember betting the over in their first game against the Rockets, and mm-hmm. I look at the roster and I'm like, oh, this team really can't shoot. Like they just don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's a spot where you still have Trey and Dejounte who are really good together from what we can tell. It looks like they can actually complement each other nicely. They talk a lot of trash. They can't back it up. They blow leads to Houston. We know, we know the story. But the point yeah. is, I don't think this team is really good enough, especially with their reputation of being horrible on the road for X amount of years. They've really not been a good road team for a while. Mm-hmm. Orlando isn't good, but Cole Anthony playing is big. And I think that at home, we've seen Orlando kind of sneak up on a team or two. And I think that Atlanta, they won the first game by 10 in the head-to-head, they didn't look great in that game. My favorite play is the under in this matchup. I just think this mm-hmm. total is too high. But I'm an, I am going to lean to Orlando. I think the size can give Atlanta some problems because really besides Capella, uh, who they occasionally give minute restrictions to because they try to give Okungwu some minutes, but I think Orlando can match them or at least battle on the boards, and Orlando is not going to shy away. The issue Atlanta has is they try so hard to be front runners. Because they trash talk whenever they're winning by a lot, and then they always <laughs> punt the game like every yeah. time. They just can't sustain a certain energy when they go up a lot of points and they blow it afterwards. So for me, I'm going to go with Orlando. 
They're at home getting points. Atlanta struggled lately. They're not great on the road. I'm hoping Orlando with Anthony back finds a way. Oh, man. I just uh, – let's see. We're talking about Embiid points ladder. Yeah, P- PRA ladder. I don't know if you can ladder that. I don't that, think you can, can ladder that, but even if you could, I think I'd rather just take the points. Because yeah. if if he's going to go over like a la- – let's just say it's 50-something and you want if you could find a ladder for PRA – it's probably because he scored like and he's 30. walking into 35. <laughs> yeah, like, that's he, he walked into go. those points. But so I, I took the regular points, points rebounds, and assists because there is a script where Embiid could only score 25, but he still gets 17 rebounds because they have mm-hmm. enough size, and that's kind of why I took it. So I just feel like that was a safer approach. But if you want to take a ladder on that, just take the points because he's going to end up going for 35 if he goes for 50 something for points, yeah. rebounds, and assists. All right, back to this game. Um. So I told myself in my mind as after watching Orlando play a few games that I was going to fade them their first game back with Cole Anthony just because of what he was what they were doing with him in the few games that he actually did play. And you mean letting him shoot 30 times again? Yeah, pretty much. And just 66.7% against Atlanta, uh, 40 6.2% against Boston, 33.3% against New York, 20% against Cleveland. Like, I'm a fan of Cole Anthony, but I also understand that he is a volume guy and he has to take a bunch of shots. In a harsher way to put it, he's a bit of a chucker. Yeah. And he has he has such like he has such an easy ability to walk into a double double in this game like it's so easy for him to walk into a double double his game and it's it starts and ends with just give the ball to Paolo Bencaro mm-hmm. <laughs> and like how you have Mo Bama and Bo Bo and Franz Wagner a whole bunch a bunch of people that love cutting to the basket like you have a bunch of people that love cutting to the basket you as the point guard you can just rack up a ton of assist in this well, they and, need, when they need to cut to the basket because the team can't shoot. Yeah. So. And so I, I, I still, I think I still like the play in playing Cole Anthony's uh, assist whenever it does pop up when he's officially like officially said he's playing. They're going to bring it up, and it's probably going to be a little bit of what's what's the word I'm looking for? Conservative. It's going to be a little conservative. I think that's the time we can hit on his assist because he has so many options to get the ball to, and Atlanta defensively really really bad, not good. So uh, that's how I feel about that. I'm still going to go with Orlando on the points just because I can't take a- mm-hmm. Atlanta on the road. So I'm still going to go against Orlando on the points there. But I do think that there is a world of possibility where Cole Anthony has a really good game back, and it's because everybody else around him is playing. Like, he can, he can exploit that and get a bunch of easy assists. Yeah, you mentioned the assist prop for Anthony. I was looking at the assist for Boncaro. It was at two and a half. Yeah, I see that. I was just looking at that. Like, yo, this is at two and a half? Yeah. At minus 125, you know he's going to play a bunch of minutes. He's played at least 35 minutes in six of his last seven games. He's also had at least three assists in five of his last six games. Mm-hmm. I just think the number's too conservative for a guy who has the ball in his hands all the time. So two and a half seems a little bit short to me. Anthony might have the ball in his hands a lot too, but he could also shoot better than some of the other guys on his team. So if they yep. end up doubling Boncaro in the post... At least he has a shooter to kick it out to. Two and a half assists for a guy that's going to play 35-plus minutes is way too low for me. I like the over on Boncaro assists. And 
Aaron asked in chat about Bobo points. I feel like he's been going crazy recently. Oh, yeah, 20-something against the Nats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I had him for freaking eight and a half rebounds, and I'm just watching the game like, dog. He had four he getting, rebounds he, he in the first quarter. He was getting buckets. He just couldn't get a rebound. Yeah, he had four rebounds in the first quarter. I'm like, all right, that's a good start. Like, that's a very good start. And then finishes the game with six and completely blows me. Uh, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's consistent enough for me to. And I don't see a price here. If I saw a price, a number, I probably would feel one way or another. But if it comes in at like they're conservative around sixteen and a half, maybe fifteen and a half. Maybe if we could just get it at fifteen. If we can get it at fifteen, I like them to get to fifteen. Mm. But start going above that. I'm starting to question a little bit. All right, total two twenty seven and a half. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to lean to the under in this one. I, first meeting, barely got over 200. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go with the under. Yeah, everybody's going over, and I, I get it. It's Atlanta. It's I actually Oliver don't. Carroll. I actually don't get it. Like, I understand the argument is Atlanta's had some high-scoring games, but Orlando just can't score, and they're at home. So I, I'm just backing the fact that I think Cole Anthony is probably going to go about 30% from the field, and that's going to have an impact on scoring. Mm. and just getting the offense in rhythm in general. All right. Next game, we have the Washington Wizards going to play the Brooklyn Nets. Minus five and a half for the Nets in Brooklyn. 229 and a half is the total. And for this game, it looks like we have... Oh, wait, that's not the game. There we go. That's the game. Rui Hachimura out. DeLon Wright is injured right now. We have Ben Simmons, who is out. Watanabe, who is out. David Duke Jr. is questionable. And we know TJ Warren still hasn't played. All right, your Brooklyn Nets are laying five and a half at home. What are you doing? Well, uh, for this matchup, I think it's a little bit tricky because we saw the Nets beat this team last time by about 40. And... Mm -hmm. That was the first game, actually, without Kyrie, and mm-hmm. they ended up dominating. Uh, if anybody remembers, uh, Gafford had to retire because Durant broke his ankles midway through the second quarter. Uh, that was that matchup. One of the dirtiest ankle breakers I've ever seen alive, by the way. That was absolutely disgusting. But <laughs> Washington's been decent lately. Has he played a game since that? <laughs> I actually, I don't know. I, I feel like we just don't talk about it. We put him into like witness protection. We haven't seen him since. Yeah, but yeah. Either way, Durant last game went 19 of 24. Like he had one of those games where it was just you just couldn't tell why anyone even bothered. Like he just went into the game. He was going to drop 40, and there's nothing you could do about it. But Orlando hung around. Washington's quietly been decent, and mm-hmm. I think they can hang around in this game. Uh, Porzingis just also had his own 40-piece against Gobert, of all people. He had 42, I think, against uh, Minnesota. You still have Beal. Uh, Kuzma's been good this year. The Nets are a team that are annoying because you just assume game in, game out, they're going to be good and then they're bad. And when you think they're going to be bad, they're going to be good. But Simmons <laughs> is injured. I'm assuming Simmons is not going to play. Because he's yeah, kind of he's, banged yeah, up. Yeah, he's out right so, now. Yeah, so he's out, and he's their best defensive player. So I think you're going to have some problems on the defensive end because we know Kyrie's not guarding anybody. And Durant's usually a decent defender. He's a little bit overrated as a defensive player because mm-hmm. he's just a good, uh, I'd say, a, uh, help defender for blocking, but he's not a great defender by any means. I think he's fine. It's because he's so long. He's so because long. Because he's long. He can, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm just saying. He can get in the passing lane. 
yeah. can get in a passing lane. He can he also, re- you at the he also reaches a lot, though. Like, he finds himself out of position all the time because he tries mm-hmm. to reach for the ball. I like the over in this game. I think you'll see points, but I will lean to Washington. I lost money on the Washington game when they lost by 40. I'll just admit it. I had Washington in that game. <laughs> I got to assume after they got embarrassed on their home floor, this is kind of a, an important game for Washington. They they might have circled on the calendar because I'm sure they didn't forget about getting killed in this no. in this matchup. So I'm going to go with Washington. I think the line might be inflated because of what happened the last time they played. But with Simmons being out, they can't guard anybody. I think Washington could have a good game offensively, either Porzingis or Beal. Beal could go for 30. It wouldn't surprise me. So I'm going to go with Washington. I think it's a nice spot to get some revenge for what happened earlier this year. All right. I am. I think I'm going to go with you. I think I'm going to go with you because I like the spot. I think it's a really good spot for them. The fact that they are. This is what probably the the healthiest they've been this whole year. I mean, yeah. we're only talking about Rui is out for them, and normally they have a couple of guys out. So this is one of the more healthier games they've been in this year. I think it's a spot that you do want to get up and go play this Brooklyn team. And you're looking at them, and you're like, yo, we were missing multiple guys in that game uh, last time. And I know you were missing one of your guys, but we could have put together a lot better effort than that. You only scored 86 points. Like, I got to think they could I think back Washington had back. everybody. Like, I think that was the worst part. I think they had everyone. They just sucked. Yeah. Yeah, that's really bad. All right. And to I'm answer Aaron's you. question, have they been bad with Beal? They haven't been great. They, I mean, they're 11 and 10 overall, so they're kind of somewhere in the middle. They're a little this bit. This is better. where we thought they'd be at. Like, they're a little bit better would. technically without Beal this season, but it's still early. But yeah. the point is, if you can't guard Durant, which you can't, you can't guard Kyrie, which you can't, you need to score. So I, I think Beal and Kuzma and Porzingis can kind of at least somewhat match what the Nets are going to do offensively. But after you lost by 42 at home to the same team earlier this year, mm-hmm. this game has to be important for the Wizards. I got to assume so, at least for pride purposes, don't you think? Yeah, no, yeah. I had, I mean, I just I think that they, they have the ability to take over this game with scoring. They just couldn't score the last time. Like, they can mm-hmm. they can really, like, impact this Brooklyn defense and score the basketball. And now that Kyrie's playing in this game, that's actually helps you out a little bit because who is Kyrie guarding? So, I mean – I think there's a world of opportunity for them to really take advantage of this game. I'm going to back Beal and the Wizards today. I think Beal has a pretty good game. He he attacks that backcourt today. Mm-hmm. All right. Next game. Oh, total, 229.5. It's jumped up. It opened up at 223.5. And, and, I mean, it's for the reasons that I just said. I think the Wizards are going to be able to score. I don't know if I can take this total after missing six points, though. Yeah, I, I'd lean over, but at this point, I think it's just a pass. Maybe Wizards yeah. team total over if you think they get it done. But um, Yeah, all right, nothing else for that one. Milwaukee Bucks are going to play my New York Knicks. Unfortunately, this is going on in Madison Square Garden. So you know that Bobby Portis is about to come off the bench and give us like 40. Or some insert random player. 15 or 15. Insert random player here, and yeah. they are going to have a great game in the garden. They just think they're Jordan. Six is the line for the Milwaukee Bucks, opened up at five. 228 is the total, opened up at 226. Where am I at here? We have. Oh, wait, that's the wrong screen. I see right. 227 and a half for a total. Okay. 
we have uh Bochamp who is out, Ibaka is out, uh Chris Middleton, you know, is still injured. Joe Ingles, you no, know, still coming back from ACL. And for the New York Knicks, guess what? You don't have anything because they played last night where they absolutely dominated the Pistons in Detroit. Now they're back in New York for this game on a back to back. It's a favorable back-to-back, though, because none of the starters played in the fourth quarter. So. Very much so. Very much so. Milwaukee has won four of the last five meetings, including four straight, covering every single one, plus three and a half, minus six, minus nine, minus six and a half. Uh, last two games have gone over the total. And again, they, they played one time this season already. That was in Milwaukee. That was the minus six and a half, 119 to 108. Any buy for the Knicks today? The argument would be that people are going to overreact to the back-to-back and the fact that the Knicks shouldn't really be that tired because they dominated the entire game. And Brunson, for example, played 18 minutes. So Glorified pickup game. Yeah, I, I think the only concern right now, if you want to back the Knicks, is that Randall will still be on a bit of a heat check after yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he might just go 5 for 20. And that just might be like an awful... It might be an awful Randall game. We'll see what happens, but... I like Milwaukee in this spot. They're just a much better team. And we've roasted the Knicks defense all season long. They were good yesterday, but Detroit, we know, is usually bad. But you're looking at Giannis, you're looking at Lopez, you're looking at Portis. I got to assume Milwaukee just cleans up on the glass, don't they? I know Mitchell Robinson played yesterday for the Knicks. He's a good rebounder, but still. I I just think Milwaukee has too many bodies, too much length on the interior. Uh, Drew Holiday is also a very good defensive player. Grayson Allen randomly hit like seven threes in the first half against Chicago last game, and he was incredible. That's not going to happen again, but still, Milwaukee's just the better team, and they've owned this team historically. And you mentioned it's MSG, so you're assuming role players are going to step up and have great games. I'm going to take Milwaukee just because I know they can't stop Giannis. Portis and Lopez should do whatever they want as well in the interior. I expect the Knicks to get demolished in the rebounding battle. Mm -hmm. That's the story for me. I'm going to take Milwaukee. Yeah, so uh, just some stats from the last time they played. Very rough time out for the Knicks. R.J. Barrett was the leading scorer, so you know it was a rough day. And uh, 14 and 12 for Julius Randle, 13, 3 and 2 for Jalen Brunson. What was was Randle's shooting numbers in that game? 3 for 10. Okay, all right. And uh, Mitchell Robinson actually played in that game, rare Mitchell Robinson game. He had nine boards. Uh, other side and you go look and Giannis had 30 and 14 Brooke Lopez had 14 and 11 Bobby Portis had 12 and 12 like this is three separate players with double doubles for rebounds yeah and then you and then that's that's not even all of it you got seven players in double figures Mm. uh and the crazy thing is they didn't have a good shooting day they shot 38.5 percent from the floor by the way Giannis was one assist away from a triple double in that game yeah I did miss that Okay, I mean, it's a short number. Yeah, it's a short, it's it's a short number. I'm I'm gonna bat Milwaukee here with the rest advantage, and the Knicks coming off a of bat to back with travel, especially in a game where they just dominated the uh, Pistons as they did. I think this is a nice humble spot. Uh, do we like Giannis points going over in the Garden or rebounds? I mean, it's hard to I'm, go against them. I'm quickly trying to pull up a triple double price. Yeah, it's it's hard to. Go I can see him. it. I mean, he had he was one assist short last time out. I think that there's definitely a possibility Giannis goes for a triple double. 
uh let me just see what the price is if the price is anywhere above like 10 to 1 i'll take it mm -hmm. uh but let me it just might see be 7 to 1 it is 13 to 1 okay i okay. will take that all right so Giannis triple double at 13 to 1 i think you'd agree uh, that's just a good price yeah, it is. It is. It is a really good price, to be honest. So, yeah, that's I like that. And uh, what was the last thing I was looking at? Yeah, Holiday did play in that game. So, even though Drew Holiday was playing in the game, Giannis still had nine assists. And you mentioned the shooting numbers from Milwaukee. I mean, he was one assist away from a triple-double, and they only shot 38.5% from the floor. They only shot 29% from three. So, if they make a couple more shots, Giannis gets there easily. And you know the points and rebounds should be there for Giannis automatically. So, I'm actually uh, curious if I can if it would be a better play if I could just take the assists. Like, I'm curious what a, what 10-plus assists is. Probably not 13-1, to 1, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm just curious what that price would be. Giannis, 13, Giannis 10 assists is 10-1 to 1 alone. So, I mean, maybe if you include, like, an alternative rebounds, you can go for, like, 12 rebounds or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I, okay, can't so, pinpoint, the way, I can't pinpoint who's going to have the crazy game. Somebody's going to go off, but I'm back in the Bucks. By the way, just taking Giannis uh, 10 rebounds and 10 assists, it's 14 to 1. So just a reminder, if you have options for triple-double or you can just bet alternatives for uh, rebounds and assists, mm -hmm. always compare the prices because sometimes you'll find a better price for rebounds and assists parlayed together than mm -hmm. the actual triple-double. I basically found 14 to 1 for Giannis triple double. I'll take that. Yep, absolutely. All right. 228 and 228 is the total. First game landed 227, and neither team shot over 40% from the floor. I think I have to lean to the over. I don't feel mm -hmm. great about it because I I think the Knicks they're a terrible defensive team. I mean, I guess I kind of <laughs> have to take the over, but they had 46 points in the fourth quarter of the last meeting to send this under barely each of uh, the second and third quarters each had over 61 points. So I do expect to see a lot of scoring in this game, but when both teams shoot below 40 and you still get 227, I'm going to take the over and expect one of these teams to shoot a lot better. I'm going with the over. Mm -hmm. 69% of the bets. Nice. 84% of the money. 69% of the bets is on the over. 84% of the money is on the under. However, we have two points of value going towards the over. So a little bit of reverse line movement there. I'll back the over as well. Next game on the slate. Everybody's favorite. The Miami Heat is going to Boston to play the Boston Celtics. Opened up at minus eight. Now sitting at minus nine. 224 and a half is the total. Let's see here for... The Miami Heat, we have Jimmy Butler is out. Tyler Hero is questionable. Max Struess is probable. Caleb Martin is questionable. Gabe Vincent is questionable. <gasps> Duncan Robinson is questionable. Haywood Highsmith is questionable. Dwayne Detman is questionable. Jamal Kane is probable. Nikola Jovic is questionable. Victor Oladipo is injured in your, and Omar Yurtsevin both injured. They are not playing in this game. Whew, hold on. Give me a second. I think the Heat this season might be my least favorite team huh. because their injury reports are the most annoying thing in the entire league. Yep, very much so. All right, I had to catch my breath and get some water real quick. For the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown is questionable. Al Horford is not on the injury report. I mean, that's it. 
I think so. Boston kills them. <laughs> Boston is so damn good. And I mentioned on yesterday's pod, I took uh, the Celtics coach to win coach of the year. I mentioned it with you about um, three weeks ago at like seven mm-hmm. to one. Now he's down to like 250. This team is incredible. It really just doesn't even matter. They're missing Jalen Brown. They're missing Tatum. Who cares? They're just going to find a way to win games. Miami's missing so many guys, and it's in the garden. I think Boston buries them in this game, Uh, especially after, you know, they've had some wars in the past. You had the seven-game playoff series last year. Is anything, besides the fact that Boston has a personal vendetta against you, would anything stop the average person from taking Boston because this team has been just an absolute world beater for the past three weeks? I think you should be concerned because of the fact that you see this happen with the Miami Heat literally all the time, that they have a disgusting injury report and you have no idea who's playing and they start getting a big number on the road as a dog and mm-hmm. they just find a way to cover. I get it. I, I just think Boston is clearly the best team in the league right now and I'll probably back Boston, but... I guess the argument is, do you think Jalen Brown's potential absence is baked in or not? Like, if Brown's ruled active, does the line move to 11? Probably so. Okay. I don't, yeah. Yeah, it feels like it should. I don't think that it, it I think it should, so. but I'm going to lean Boston. This team has been just an absolute moneymaker. I'm going with Boston. Every Miami game that we break down is the same. Like, you want to make a case for the dog, but you don't know who's playing, so you can't make a case for anybody. But it's like you don't know who's playing, and they'll come out there, especially when they're getting a large number. When it's a short number, it's like, all right. But when they're getting a large number, like, I remember we were sitting here, and we had already handicapped the Wizards-Miami game, and then it came out at the end of the pod that more people were out, and they started getting five. And I was like, wow. Uh, I kind of feel a little bit the different overtime game? Yeah, and then yeah. they ended up coming and covering that game. So the, the just, heat injury report, you remember like the dumb, dumb lollipops that like everyone used to have? <laughs> hey, hey, hold on. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the one that came with like the massive packs, like the blue raspberry flavor was easily the best one. Exactly. Those. <laughs> That's so, hilarious you say the, that because I heat, bought the I bought dumb dums for Halloween yeah. and the nobody heat came. Injury report is the mystery flavor. You don't know what the hell's gonna happen. That's basically what my comparison was gonna be. It's oh, just the man. mystery flavor dumb dum. That's all I have to say about that. You? If anybody wants some dum dums, hit me up. I bought them. Those are blue raspberry is the best flavor. I mean, if you have any of those, I'll take it. But the point is, the mystery flavor is the heat injury report. Nobody knows. Yeah, I. uh, Give me one more. Give me one more thing to look at before I make a decision on this one. All right. Do you agree? Last five games being the best flavor, by the way. Um, man. Blue raspberry is just. It never misses. Yeah, blue raspberry is kind of crazy. But I don't like how it will, like, turn my lips blue a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I prefer the ones that don't change my lip color. Like, I don't need everybody knowing I just had a a lollipop. I get it. All right. Last five games, Miami Heat are still third in terms of opponents' points per game, 105.6. The Boston Celtics are down in 13, not far, but uh, 112.6. And uh, where are they doing – Opponents rebounds per game looks Boston's eight fewest, eighth fewest. That's what I'm looking at. Opponent three point percentage. Is Miami still really bad against the threes pass? No, they play, they're doing a lot better against the three. Number one, actually. So that's a definite huge turnaround in the past five games. All right. Give me, oh, Kyle Pitts is missing the rest of the season. 
Uh, give me the Miami Heat plus nine. I actually really – and it's because they're playing a back-to-back, and this is the back-to-back game set, both of the games in the Garden. And I do think that the Heat still won. So I'm going to just back the dog both times, and I'm in the green if I get one. So give me Miami Heat plus nine. little sprinkle on the money line there, but – I, I mean, I just don't know. You you literally are just baking on the heat, just figuring it out. Like, just figuring it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, I'll, I'll let you... Uh, <laughs> Aaron said I'll root, beer is, root beer is 15-1 to, to be the best flavor. Root beer is an underrated flavor. No, 15-1 yeah. is a great price because root beer sucks. That is a, ter- that is a terrible price. Yeah, I, I hate root beer ones. You can't say it's I a like great price ones. if you said that it sucks. Yeah, root beer sucks. It said he has the odds for it to be the best. I'm saying player. you're saying you're making it sound like it should be fifty to one because it's terrible. Oh well, I thought fifteen and one was like the the highest. I didn't know we were going all the way to fifty to one. I'm okay, just saying. I would like make you it, said the, you I said would make bad. it fifty like, to one. Yeah. All right. Fine. Fine. It's fifty to one. I'm trying to think of the other flavors like strawberry is good, green apple is good. I mean, I think blue I raspberry. Got cotton candy sitting here. Cotton candy's pretty good, but it also cotton has the candy, same thing I, as blue raspberry. I actually hate cotton candy, not because it tastes what? bad. But because you always think it's blue raspberry until you actually taste it and you realize that you just got robbed. Oh my god. You got catfished into a into a cherry is flavor. forever gonna be up there. If blue raspberry is minus two fifty, cherry's gotta be like plus one hundred. I think cotton candy immediately gets demoted because you get catfished into thinking that it's a blue raspberry flavor every time you get it. And then you realize it's just not blue raspberry and you're immediately disappointed. Aaron, but, I actually think I ate a, a pineapple one last night, and yeah, it was, and you a, lived, it was an okay. You lived to talk about it. <laughs> hey, pineapple's not bad. Like, it's not it terrible, right. but it's not like a great. Right. It might be eh, ten to one. I get pineapple. I give green ones. apple like the silver or bronze or, or bronze medal. Root beer is down there with great. Okay. Root, root beer is just happy to be there. They qualified, <laughs> you know. They're just happy to be there. But all right, next game on the no. Let's talk about win bet <laughs> because. You ready to boost your odds and win money? Win bets live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. You get an app. You get everything you need. You have online sports betting. You have casino play. You have the win bet win hour. You have the construction zone. Build your own bet parlay. You can do that in basketball, football, whatever you want to do it in. And if you sign up today, you can get a special offer. Bet $100. Win a $100 free bet. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbets. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer such a change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Next on the slate, we have the Memphis Grizzlies going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minus two and a half for the Grizzlies on the road. 231 is the total. Come down half a point from 231 and a half. Let's see here for an injury report. We have uh, when I find it. Oh, there it is. For the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks questionable. Uh, how do you say his name? LaRuvia? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. The rookie. He's doubtful. And then, you know, Desmond Bain, Danny Green, Zaire Williams are all not playing in this one. For the Timberwolves, you have Jayton McDaniels is questionable. Jordan McLaughlin is out. And then Carl Anthony Towns and Torian Prince are not playing in this one. Two and a half on the road with Memphis. No Towns. 
and Memphis has won. Oh, I think those are playoff series. But they met earlier this year, and Memphis won on 11-11, actually. Make a wish. 114-103 as a four-point favorite. Total went under that 234. Any thoughts for you? I guess just to break down the game pretty quickly, if the team stinks when they're fully healthy, and now you're missing one of your better players who, to be honest, is underperformed all season long. Towns has not been very good. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's some value now in Minnesota? Because whatever they were trying to do at full strength wasn't working, and now they got to try something new. I, If you told me that they won this game, that is exactly the reason why. And that is the only reason I have a little bit of concern is because now they have finally been forced to change that starting lineup in some capacity and try something else to see if it works. It might not matter anyway, but all I know is if Towns was healthy, let's just say that the injury did not happen last game, I would take Memphis in like two seconds. Like, that's a lock. (laughs) Like, Like, that would be a lock. But it's the fact that now they have to switch up. Like, they have to change up that. And it looks like like the starting lineup is probably going to be D'Angelo Russell. probably going to be Nas Reed somewhere in there getting a bunch of minutes. Yeah, probably yeah. Off the bench, uh, D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, Jake McDaniel's, Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gobert is the projected starting lineup. Okay. I mean, nothing there makes me. I guess. I guess we do. We want to back Kyle Anderson playing against the. He's shooting forty one percent. I just don't know how many minutes he's going to get. Three. Like that's the problem. Yeah. Because of the fact that you you have to use somebody new uh, in your starting lineup it means the minutes can drastically fluctuate for that one player because you might see Minnesota experimenting with the new potential lineups to find something. So I don't think I'm interested in Anderson. I think if I was going to take anything, he's killed me this year. Go bear rebounds. He he was awful against Memphis in the first meeting. He hasn't been good rebounding lately, but you're just assuming with Anderson at the power forward spot to start, you probably have to get at least 15 rebounds from Gobert in this game. Like, I don't know why he's on the court if he's not going to get 15 rebounds or so. So I guess I'm on Gobert rebounds, but I really don't like – he just annoys me. He never wins bets for me, but I guess I have to lean that way. First shots, are you going with Edwards? Because with Towns being out, there's a lot of shots up for grabs there. Mm -hmm. And you know Russell and – Cat and and sorry, you know Russell and Edwards are probably going to hog most of those shots. Are you blindly looking towards like three point shots for both guys? Is 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 it Memphis? What who is the random team that D'Angelo Russell just randomly gets off against? Is it Memphis? I know he had a bad game earlier this season, but there was like one team that he ran. Yeah, it was Memphis. So uh, regular season games. Prior, so last game he had four points. Prior to that, in a regular season against Memphis, 37 and 9, 29 and 6, 27 and 5, 41 and 7, 30. No, wait, that's minutes. I'm reading that wrong. Sorry. It's right next to each other. 37 and 9, 29 and 6, 28 and 5, 30 and 7, 22 and 14, 25 and 8, 34 and 4. And that last one was when he was with Golden State. But are we laddering points? Is that yeah? I mean, let's he had four last game. There's no Carl Anthony Towns. It it has to be Delo, doesn't it? It with that history, it's either him or Edwards. But I'm, I think I'll I'm take hoping, a chance on Delo. 
I was going to say, D'Lo has had the ball in his hands more this season than uh, Edwards, which might be why they suck. But still, uh, I'm just saying, based on what we've seen up to this point, we have seen D'Lo take a lot of shots. So I do think that the volume should be there. Mm-hmm. If you look at Towns' performances, he was better offensively. I mean, he had attempted at least 14 shots in almost every game for the last two weeks. I believe mm-hmm. there's two exceptions there. and Sorry, three exceptions, and one of them he got injured in. But the point is, with him no longer being there, they're going to have to disperse the actual shots for amongst the rest of the team. So Russell might have a good game. I think I'll lean Minnesota. It, seems like the, I, it, it, it just seems right. Like, it of seems course. like the perfect contrarian spot, and we've seen injury reports on short lines destroy the public all season long. Everyone's going to take Minnesota, uh, Everyone's going to take Memphis in the spot. I'll be contrarian. I'll lean to Minnesota. If they okay. lose this game, though, then they're officially going to go in free fall. But I'll I will say this. I will say this because I didn't mention this part, and I'm just now really looking at it. The line opened up at four. It's down two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, give or take about 6,500 6, bets in where I'm looking at. 68% of the money – I mean, 68% of the bets is on Memphis. 95% of the money is on Minnesota. Okay. I'll go with Minnesota. Oh, man. I mean, you said the line dropped a point and a half with Towns being hurt. I mean, that's just – That's, that's, that's really so confusing. That's, that's so all confusing. I need to hear. Uh, I was so ready to come up here and lock up Memphis. Uh, but I just knew – it just seems right. Like, it just seems right. And these two teams, they got bounced by this team. Yeah, they get up for this game. They get up for this game. All right, I'm with you. Let's go Minnesota. Plus two and a half. Sprinkle on the money line. I'm on the under. Are you on the under? I think I have to be on the under just because I'm not sure what to expect with Towns being out. And honestly, Towns isn't a great defensive player anyway. So maybe Minnesota can actually start switching more because Towns and Gobert together have really been horrible defensively. And that's really why I'm like – they're gonna they're gonna have so many questions if they look really good in this game. There's gonna be mm-hmm. so many questions after the game if they look really, really good. I'm telling you. Like that that's just gonna solidify what we both already know and what you've been saying since the trade happened. That this was a terrible fucking trade. I think it's as soon as it happened, I said it might be one of the worst trades in the history of the NBA. And it looks like it so far. And if they win this game with Cat out and Rudy Gobert in, it just helps it more because it just proves well, I wouldn't say it proves, but it adds more fuel to the fire that these two just can't work together. It also suggests, though, that Towns is the problem. It's not Gobert, so you kind of have. And I, I wouldn't say he's the problem. I say it's the problem that both of them are in the lineup. Oh, together, I'm not saying that's that it the is issue. His problem. I'm saying you can spin it. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah, trade's yeah. actually not that bad. It's just that Cat is not the guy. We uh, some bu- some bullshit people are gonna go and try to spin that. You and... know that spin's gonna happen though. You know it's gonna. Yeah, happen. it is. It is. Oh my gosh. I don't agree with it, but that spin will. Yeah. happen At some. Point. It's fucking terrible. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Toronto Raptors going to play the New Orleans Pelicans. Minus one on the road for the Toronto Raptors. 222 and a half is the total. Come down from 224. And actually, the Pelicans opened up as a minus one and a half favorite, and now they're plus one. Uh, Oh, that's not what I was supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be getting you an injury report for this game, and I have it right here because Otto Porter Jr. is out. You know, Precious Achua is injured for some time. And Brandon Ingram is out. CJ McCollum is questionable conditioning coming back from uh, health and safety protocols. Larry Nance Jr. is questionable. And Marshall is questionable. So, 
You're getting one with Toronto on the road. What are you doing here? Are you getting or you're laying? You're getting. Oh, you're laying. You're laying one. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, the main reason why Siakam's back. That That's the main reason why uh, the Pretty line much. has moved. I'm taking Toronto in this one. I know and Siakam- you're getting Scotty Barnes back in this game, too. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, you are. Uh, so Toronto is at basically full strength. Achua is a bench player, but New Orleans still might be missing McCollum. I watched New Orleans play against the Thunder last time out. And you look at the matchup and you figure, all right, the Pelicans need to dominate on the glass. They have so, they have a lot of big men. I know Nance was out. They're missing some guys. We still have Valanchunas. You still have Zion. You still have a lot of options. Hernan Gomez, mm-hmm. uh, you you know, could rebound. You still have Jackson Hayes. They really looked awful against OKC, and they almost blew a <laughs> double-digit lead. They won the game anyway because Shea had a charge call on him with like five seconds to go. But the point is – It was a great defensive play. It was. It was. It, it was a charge. <laughs> was a great but the, defensive but play. the point is, is that the game – Shouldn't have been that close because OKC Absolutely. is not good. And <clears throat> nobody could stop Zion the entire game. Like, nobody. And you still couldn't do anything towards the back end of the game. I just think that New Orleans is a team that I was a lot higher on entering the season. I thought Willie Green would do a better job with this unit. Now, as of right now, it's not fully his fault because Ingram's out. McCullough might not play. I get it. They just don't look as fluid as I thought they were going to look. Toronto is a team we know what we're going to get. We're going to get 48 minutes of effort. And if New Orleans isn't going to dominate the glass against OKC, then I think Toronto can do well on the boards here. But Siakam's a matchup problem. Van Vliet's going to be a matchup problem. Barnes defensively we know is really, really good. I'm going to take Toronto. I think this team is right now the better team. Huh. And I know that you were rooting for, you know, some shape props and stuff in that game uh, against the Pelicans. But did you have any takeaways from there? Because I really just was not impressed by New Orleans at all throughout that game. No, I, I mean, I really wasn't. And I actually uh, I wouldn't say I bought up my ticket because it's online, but I definitely thought I had definitely had a ticket on the Thunder. And I definitely sat there and said, well, this is a loser at some point in the game. And then they were, yeah, they were like 12 <laughs> or whatever, like in the third quarter, that they were cooked and then. They went away from Zion. Yeah, they just stopped caring. I'm like, what is happening right now? Why is this a one-point game with like 30 seconds to go? So, um, man, I don't know what to do with this game. I'll take OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi's been defensively. I like Ananobi. He has, matter of fact, because y'all were talking futures market yesterday, and I was defensive player. Yeah, what's his defensive player of the year? Like, he's got to be near the top now. All I know is before the season, I mentioned Herb Jones at like 80 to 1 or something. He probably won't win the award, but if you were watching what he did against Shea in the last game, Mm -hmm. he he definitely deserves to be in consideration because he put the clamps down on Shea down the stretch. He was incredible against Shea Gilders. Okay. Mm. All right. All right. Brooke Lopez is leading the defensive player of the year. Because he has a bunch of blocks, and Milwaukee's like the best defensive team. So two to one, Giannis is plus three fifty. OG is right there at six to one. I think you should still buy in on OG at six to one. I'm not. You're assuming that Lopez and Giannis voters are going to cannibalize themselves because they play for the same team. Yeah, and yeah, it's actually if I was on that show yesterday, I would tell you right now to play an OG and OB ticket. Uh, I think the only issue is that the mainstream media might just not care about Toronto. I think that might be the main problem there. Yeah, no, that's definitely 100% the problem. Evan Mobley is at 10-1. to That's another good one of somebody that's just mainstream media is going to probably pay more attention to. All right. Um, man, 
I say all that to say I don't think he gets the Zion matchup because there's like 50 pounds of difference there. It'll be Barnes or Siakam. They might double team Zion the entire game. Yeah, but and I think that's a that's a good plan. Double team him and then leave OG to CJ. Uh, or if CJ you know, even plays, but yeah, and then or you get Trey Murphy, like, and you kind of hold those guys down. I think defensively, Toronto can really put on a clinic here mm-hmm. and really, really get the Pelicans off their game. I don't like all the money coming in on Toronto, but it just seems like the right play to me. Like, I think I like Zion wise. assists for a prop in this game. Yeah, I, I was on that last time. Last time uh, I was out here. And he cruised over that. On Monday, I was talking to Ski and Moonoff about it, and I said, hey, while CJ and Brandon Ingram are out, Zion has history playing like a point forward kind of mm-hmm. role and dishing the ball out to guys. And so, yeah, I like, I definitely like a Zion prop here because, and we've seen Toronto go and blitz people and double team. They did it with Kevin Durant. They did it with uh, somebody else that they double teamed a lot in freaking games. So they have a history of double teaming stars. I think it was Embiid. Okay. And so they have a history of double teaming stars and Zion's a good enough passer to get out of it. So yeah, I like a Zion assist prop again today. I'm going with Toronto on the money line though. I just think defensively it's just too much for the Pelicans to, to handle. I agree. Two twenty-two and a half. I'm going to lean under. Yeah, it looks like a lot of money coming in on the over, and the total's dropping, too. I lean under as well just because I think defensively they're going to have – Oh, it's a birthday game for Grant Williams? I'm sorry. That distracted me. I'm sorry. That was so unprofessional. Under 222 and a half, I think that it's a defensive game for the Raptors. And the Pelicans – I mean, the Raptors are never going to run a score up on people. Like, they don't try to run a score up on people. The Pelicans so. couldn't do anything offensively against the Thunder for the second half of that game. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to pick up this suddenly break out against Toronto. I'm going to take the under. Okay. All right. Grant Williams' birthday game. Uh, sorry, spin the wagon on that. Appreciate you, Nick, for throwing that out there. Didn't know that. And appreciate the matter of fact, why are, why are we not appreciate the fuck Boston up there as well? So that's very, very good. I'm All trying right. to see if there's any Williams props that it, you, you probably got to wait till later. Yeah, they the, don't even have points or anything because the injury report for Miami is too out of whack. So you got I'll nothing you, right now. I'll tell you right now how we back them. And even though Miami's been better against the three of the past five games, how we back them is taking his threes. And You're going to have to. If he's he, going to score catches, 10 plus points, he needs to hit like three three-pointers. Yeah, so. so we back him for his birthday prop. I'll tweet it out later when the line comes out and I get a bet in. But when we back him, taking his threes. That's how we so back the threes, you take the birthday steals prop and you hope he has like three steals or something. Like something. Or, I could, you could buy me in a rebounding as well. You yeah, could okay. buy me in a rebounding yeah. as well. So, oh yeah, we could have fun with Grant Williams today. All right. Appreciate that. Appreciate that call out for sure. All right, next game on the slate, we have the San Antonio Spurs and the OKC Thunder playing in what we would have thought was the Victor sweepstakes earlier in the season, but it looks like OKC wants to play a little bit. Minus five for the Thunder. 231 and a half is the totals. Come all the way down. Crashing down from 237 and a half. Injury report for these two teams, and we have... Josh Richardson, questionable. Bates Dopp is questionable. We have Romeo Langford, questionable. Alizé Johnson just got signed. Uh, Jacopoto is injured. Soshan injured. Wesley injured. And we have for the OKC Thunder, Shea is questionable with that hip. He was limping around at the end of that game. So I'm not going to lie. 
there's a possibility that Orlando just pulls a fast one and pulls him from the game. They have no issue not playing him. <laughs> and he was he was hobbling around towards the end of that game uh, against the Pelicans. He was definitely hobbling around trying to make it through. So there is a possibility that OKC just says fuck it and pulls him. And if that happens... I mean, you are going to feel terrible if you have a minus five ticket on OKC and Shea gets pulled. But, I mean, with the information we have, can you back the Spurs? <laughs> no. They're a terrible team. They've lost eight straight. They are who we thought they were. Uh, they're just absolutely getting destroyed uh, every single Great game quote. for the past couple weeks. Uh, the game against the Lakers was close last time out. Reminder that AD didn't play. LeBron still dropped 39 on their heads and they lost the game. I don't think the Spurs are good at anything. And <laughs> I mean, you're looking at what this team is known for. Vassal, we know, is a good player. Besides that, Kendall Johnson's fallen off a cliff. He's been terrible for the past two weeks or so, and he was their second best player. Um yeah, I don't really have much to break down for the Spurs. They're just bad at offense and defense. Shea's questionable, so I can't really give any opinion on the Thunder because I want Shea to play if he's if I'm going to take the Thunder. Don't I just blindly lean to the under and kind of just hope that Shea doesn't play? Like I don't know uh-huh. how else to attack this because the Spurs aren't even guaranteed to reach 100 in half their games. They should in this game, but I mean... The Spurs aren't a good offensive team, and Shea might not play. I feel like you lean under, and if Shea doesn't play, you take the giddy triple-double. All right, let me see here. Today is Wednesday, the 30th. Final day of November. Yes, and in a week span from last Wednesday, the Thunder have played in one, two, three, four games, and the Spurs have played in three with them not playing a game since Saturday. So significant, little significant of a rest advantage for the Spurs there. And that's really what it is for me and understanding how bad that team is. But you're telling me that this team just went on an eight game losing streak and pop now had that team for one, two, three, four days, three days, three, four days in between that before this game against the thunder that we're not sitting here saying that like they're an all world team or anything like that. I think I got to take the Spurs plus five. Like, I, I think I got to take the Spurs plus five and even sprinkle on the money line there. It just the rest advantage and the fact that I just have to assume that they are going to play this, this thunder team a little bit better. Like they're going to win games at some point in this season. <laughs> and you got to just got to, either fade them all the way or just pick your spots nicely. And I'm a guy that likes to push my luck and pick my spots. And I think this is a pretty good spot with the fact that that Shea is questionable. And just knowing how OKC has done this man in the past, if he's questionable, he's out. So I'm going with Spurs plus five, sprinkle on the plus 160 money line, and I'll back you with an under. I just don't think it's enough scoring. And once again, if Shea's out, I would look for giddy triple-double potentially because somebody's got to do something on this team. Yep, very much so. I'm on Josh Giddy props as well if he's out. Yep. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Chicago Bulls traveling to the Valley to play the Phoenix Suns. Minus five and a half for the Suns. 227 and a half is the total. Come up three and a half points from 224. Injury report for this one. And we have Io DeSalmo, who is probable. Alex Caruso, probable. Goran Dragic, probable. Derek Jones Jr., probable. We all know about Lonzo. Uh, 
Chris Paul is out. Cam Johnson, we know he's out for some time. So basically the same lineups. It looks like the same lineups for these teams that they've been playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's I'm the Suns in the Valley. It's the Suns in the Valley. Yeah, I mean. yeah it's the Suns in the Valley. I just, I don't know what more to say. Chicago beat Utah in their last game. Utah was a favorite, so I'm not sure why the Jazz even showed up because they had no chance of winning. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But Phoenix at home is just incredible. I mean, they're not a good road team, but they had a very nice win there against Sacramento. Booker had 44. I watched that game. That was just a phenomenal showing by him. But Phoenix is right now the one seed in the West. They're a very good team, and they're very good at home. And Chicago's 9-11 overall. They're not great on the road. And I just think that the Suns have too much depth. And at, once again, in the Valley, I'm not going against Phoenix. I just think that that's been pretty much an – I don't want to say an auto moneymaker, but it's been very, very good. I'll, mm-hmm. back, with, I'll back what's worked. I'll take the Phoenix. Uh, let me see here. And I like Bridges' defense. I think he can make DeMar or Levine work very hard for points. And if one of them has an off game, they might be screwed. So I'll go with Phoenix. Phoenix, 8-4 and four at home. Chicago, little, all right, 5-4-1 and one on the road. It's better than I thought it was, but okay. Yeah, it is better than I thought it was. Let's, uh, let's bring this down a little bit and just see. <laughs> well, even better is Road Dogs, 5-2-1. and one, So. Okay. Uh, that's that's going well for your Chicago backers, and that is a really good stat. However, I'm not fading Phoenix in the Valley, so give me Phoenix minus five and a half. Uh, play your Phoenix money line in your parlays or whatever you're doing, but I think they they can go out here get a really good win. I do see where it could be a close game, and just the fact that I think Demar Derozan can have a really good game in here. Like I. I like what Phoenix does defensively, but I think DeRozan is one person that where he can get to those soft spots in Phoenix defense in the mid range where he can make a lot of points. Like I think they're going to have to try to double him, and I don't see them doing that with too too many times. But I think they're going to try to double him and get the ball out of his hands for them to slow him down tonight. So I think DeMar DeRozan can have a pretty solid hit his points prop this game. Mm. All right, two twenty-seven and a half. I don't understand the over money. There's. I was, was going to lean to the under in this game. Yeah, I, I. I'm definitely playing. I'm definitely leaning to the under now that it's went up, but I don't know why it went up. I don't. I, don't, I just don't get why it went up. Maybe it's but. public. I think it's public. Seventy nine percent of the bets on the over. Fifty two percent of the money is on the under. So maybe okay. public betters pushed it up a little bit. But yeah, I'm on the under as well. I think that this is a. Uh, slower pace game like they play both of these teams play in a half court a lot slower pace game mm-hmm. they get after a little bit defensively both we teams just are talked about defensive rating Chicago's yeah 10. yeah and uh which is really saying a lot but yeah and phoenix yeah, is top, top five so and i don't remember what else i was gonna say i like the under i feel like under is a good play i think i think sun's money line and the under for this game is like a nice little parlay to get a plus money price and back the Suns without taking the points. I mean, truth is, if you like the over, you might as well just take Booker to get to like 30. <laughs> I mean, Booker's going to have to have a good game because he's, yeah. he's the majority of the offense at this point. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Houston Rockets playing the Denver uh, Nuggets again in Denver. Minus 11. Same place it was at when we handicapped the game on Monday. 230 and a half is the total. I took Denver last time and I cashed. It was nerve wracking at first. 
But and was what it I late, thought, late third quarter they blew him out? Yeah, it was like late third quarter, fourth quarter mm-hmm. that they just kind of pushed the lead out and uh, ended up covering the 11. And here we are again, head-to-head matchup. I'll let you go because I handicapped this game earlier in the week. What are you doing here? Uh, for this one, I'm going to lean to Houston. I just think at the end of the day, when you have an immediate rematch, usually I'll assume – I don't want to say that they're going to split, but I'll assume that one of these meetings, usually the second one, will be a lot closer than the first one if it turns mm-hmm. into a blowout. And Denver, we know, is a team that despite being very good, they really look disinterested yep. a lot. Like they really don't care at various points in games. And I could see Houston getting off to a decent start in this matchup as a result. Denver's going to think about the easy win they had last time out. They're going to come out flat. Houston's going to punch them in the mouth. And then Denver's going to have to come from behind. I like Houston in this spot. Uh, As you said before, the meeting was close before Denver woke up and just torched them. Mm -hmm. But the fact is Houston hung around for a decent portion of that game. And Jamal Murray... Had his best game in a long time. He had 30 plus points. No yeah. offense to Murray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no offense to Murray. I'm not expecting him to go for 30 again. So if Murray just had an absolute heat check game and now he might fall back down to earth, Jokic will do whatever he wants. They can't guard Jokic. It is what it is. But I'm going to lean to Houston. I think 11 and a half is too many points for two teams that just saw each other. I'll take Houston plus the points. Yeah. Uh, I didn't read the injury report. So. Uh, it's clean for the Rockets. Deshaun Tate, you know, is out for right now. Uh, Bones Highland is questionable, and Michael Porter Jr. is out. Mike Porter Jr. and Bones Highland both didn't play in that last game, I don't think. I'm pretty sure. I know for a fact Mike Porter Jr. didn't, but uh, yeah, Bones Highland didn't play either. <laughs> and yeah, I, I was struggling to go Denver that last time. I'm not pushing my luck twice. I'm not doing it. I'm going Houston this time, back-to-back, just assume that they play a little bit better. There was a lot of things that went right for Denver. I can't believe how well Murray shot from the floor in that game. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he looked he looked like himself. Like, he looked like himself. So we'll see if he can put multiple, multiple games like that together. But Jalen Green, a little inefficient that game, 5 for 15, Eric Gordon, four for 10. Like, that's all right, I guess. But you expect to see a larger contribution. Man, I just love how Kenyon Martin Jr. plays. Like, I just mm-hmm. love how Kenyon Martin Jr. plays. And he just p- fits the role. And when he's pushed into the starting lineup, he has a good game. But even though he's coming off the bench and getting the minutes, five for nine, 15 points, six rebounds. I like Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, all right. That's enough of that for me. We're going Houston. Sprinkle on the money line. Got a, a a back-to-back game set. Sprinkle on the money line for Houston. I like the over in this game. I I don't know why money's coming on the under. They just played. Game landed 240 and change. Yeah. And you mentioned Jalen Green was not very good. Let's assume Murray takes a step back, and let's assume that Jalen takes a step forward. That kind of cancels each other out. It could. I, I just see points. I like the over in this matchup. When I get these games, I always just go opposite, especially if it went over the first time. I always go opposite and go under the second time. So I'm on under. I'm going to use that for the spread. So that's why I'm leaning Houston. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We're both on Houston. He's on over. I'm on under. Next game of the slate, we have the Los Angeles Clippers that we talked about earlier who played last night. They're playing today in Utah. Minus seven for Utah in that sticky elevation two for 224 and a half is the total can you repeat the uh, line for a second minus seven for utah okay 
Cool. Just making sure All I right. that right. All yes, right. you did. Uh, don't have anything for you for injury report with the Clippers just playing last night. I can tell you more than likely you're probably not going to see Kawhi. You're probably not going to see Paul George. Probably not going to see Luke Kennard. Maybe you'll see John Wall. Maybe, but uh, do you think they bench even more people? Do you think more potentially? Maybe like you whatever? potentially probably could be adding more people to this injury report. They tell so. Zubak uh, to you know take a rest. Uh, pretty clean for the Utah Jazz. I mean, this is this this is a spot where Utah should win comfortably. Yeah, it should have blown out at home by Detroit. Like, I don't know what the hell to think. I can't lay seven with Utah at home. Like, I think it's Clippers or pass, but. Let's get an update on the numbers. Even though I know it off the top of my head, I'm going to just look it up for the sake of. It's just just good data to, you know, to say. Because I know that Utah as a favorite has been awful. As a favorite, Utah Jazz are one and six this season. As a dog, the Utah Jazz are 12 and four this season. I'm going to tell you right now, the only team better than Utah as a dog is Phoenix, who has covered all three games that they've been a dog. And they've only had three because Phoenix is <laughs> Phoenix. So, so yeah. like, <laughs> I just don't know. Clippers plus seven. Clippers yeah. plus seven. It, that's really into the handicap. I don't care who plays. I don't know how they do it. Actually, I would wait because I don't think anybody adding. Like, I don't short of Paul George and Kawhi playing in this game. I don't think adding anybody is going to push the line and you're going to be like, damn, I wish I got the seven. However, when you see that a couple of people are out, you're going to get a better number than you probably should. And that's the number you need to take. All right. Anything else? I mean, anything else where I mean, I feel like plus seven total. Anything on the total? Oh, uh, I, I, I have no idea. Guess I'm going to lean to the under. I I don't know. Yeah, I. Sorry, just. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not taking. I'm not touching a total, not knowing what the Clippers are doing. Exactly, but like I'm I, definitely. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I'm a hundred percent not betting the Jazz minus seven. So, <laughs> yeah, give me, give me the Clippers. Give me the Clippers plus seven. That's my bet for the game. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll be have a player prop later in the day. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Indiana Pacers. This is the first time they're playing. No, they played last season. They had that plate last season after the trade, right? Or did they not? Uh, no, March 23rd. Yeah, they played last season after the trade. Okay. Sorry about that. I had to re- think about that real quick. Indiana Pacers are traveling to Sacramento to play the Sacramento Kings. Minus four and a half for the Kings. Two thir- 242.5 is the total. Sorry, I almost cheated you. 242.5 is the totals. Come up from 239. Injury report for these two teams, and you have Trey Lyles, who is doubtful for the Kings, and then you have, uh, you know, Daniel Tyson and Chris Duarte are both injured and not playing in this one. Let's just go ahead and throw that up there. We have questions about laddering Sabonis and Halliburton. Uh, what, 6 up to 10 and 10 up to 14 for his Assist, I assume that that is. The Sabonis sub- assists have been going crazy. Mm-hmm. That We were on that on Monday, and he hit it with these. And, yeah, it was I mean, it a triple-double against Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And we, we talked about that triple-double, too. And we said that this was a good – it was 7-1 his price for that triple-double. So, 
in terms of the line, I mean, that was some some heroics what they did in that fourth quarter to the Lakers. <laughs> Is this a letdown spot? Uh, you can definitely make a case for it. Uh, but I want to start off with the total in this game. I understand that you look at these teams on paper, the pace, I get it. You want to take an over. Indiana defensively, not bad. They're actually 13th in defensive rating. It's the Miles Turner effect, I guess. But do you think this number's a bit high? Like, I understand the argument. Sacramento doesn't guard anybody. They play fast. Their home games are high scoring. I get it. 242? I'm not going to expect more than 60 points per quarter in this in this game, like I, I just think this number is a bit too high. Like, am I alone here, or do you kind of feel the same way? I don't want to take an no, over. I'll tell you that much. No, I I'm with you. I kind of feel the same way, and it's really just kind of understanding how these teams get it, how they live, and that's the phrase that I'll say: get it how you live. And how do the Sacramento Kings get it how they live? Fifty-one point seven points per game in the paint, tenth in the NBA, mm-hmm. really tied for ninth. Uh, in the NBA, in that in that metric, and we talked about Indiana. How do they get everybody live by stopping the opponent in the paint with forty seven point six points per allowed per game? That is eleventh in the NBA. So I see Indiana taking them out of the paint and forcing them to shoot more jump shots, more threes. And Herder's been ice cold from three lately. Yeah, so. uh, let, let's let's. Let's cut the metric down because that was throughout the season. Let's cut the metric down a little bit more. And uh, still, Sacramento eighth in points in the paint, and we get to opponents' points in the paint, and it looks like they drop a little bit for Indiana. Indiana drops all the way down to 27. So a little bit worse recently than what they've done over the course of the season. I think I, I, think I got to go Sacramento, man. But Halliburton's in Sacramento. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like that's dangerous. He was really upset about that trade. Like he really wanted to build something special. Oh, his assist prop is like eleven and a half. I don't mind alternatives at like fourteen. He's had fourteen so assists and like we took left we took eleven and a half last time, and it's still cash. We were like dog. We remember getting his prop at like seven and a half, and it's up to eleven and a half, and we're still taking it. But he had fourteen. Like he, he just walks into fourteen assists. Basically, I think he had like eight point. in the first quarter. I'm I'll tell you, sure I'll tell you right like now, if this goes over. Halliburton might be in line for like 16 assists. Like I, I think if you want to go for the let me look at the actual alternative assist prop because 14 plus sounds crazy until you look at his recent games. And if the pace is going to be as crazy as we think it's going to be, and there's been a lot of money on the over, 14 assists might be a bargain. Well, let me just see what Halliburton's alternative assists are. Uh 14 assists for Halliburton is Two to one. Okay, never mind. That is just not in. I'm not. All right. I was hoping for like three to one, but okay, that's just not fun. Yeah, I'll back Sabonis. I like Sabonis props in this game. Uh, I'm gonna. Man, this is tough because we like Indiana, but I'm not gonna lie. Do you you look for like Miles Turner blocks because Sacramento tries to get into the paint all the time? Oh yeah, I would definitely play a lot of Miles Turner in this game, and I think that it's gonna be a nice battle. But that paint battle is gonna be it. Whoever owns the paint in this game is going to win this game. I'm going to back Sacramento. I think I'm going to lean Sacramento too. They've been good at home. Yeah. Four and a half. I'll, I'll lay it with Sacramento. For All the right. beam. Let's get the job done, Sacramento. For the beam. Yeah, for the beam. For the beam. All right. I'm on some bonus props. 
give me his assist. His assist is big cashing. Like they, it's big cashing, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna keep playing it until it, it stops. So I don't know what the prop is for Monk because he comes off the bench. I would take the over on Monk. He's been really good lately. Yeah, he had 30 in that last game. He's been good. All right, next game on the slate. Last game of the slate. I know we're going over on times. Portland Trailblazers are playing the Los Angeles Lakers in LA. Minus five and a half for the Lakers. <laughs> two twenty-four and a half is the totals. Come down from two twenty-six. Portland just played, so you know we're not going to get much of an injury report from them. But you do have LeBron, who is probable, and AD, who is probable. I mean, do you, are you laying five and a half with the Lakers? No, of course not. Like they beat the Spurs three times in a week. Like, congratulations. That doesn't mean yeah. anything to me. Like you're not a good basketball team. And the main issue that you also run into, besides the fact that they rarely lead games. It's when they lead by 17 against Indiana, they couldn't hold it because defensively they stink. I I think this is a really bad basketball team. And your argument is, you know, LeBron and AD should have a field day. They should. It just hasn't mattered. They just are not a – they're just not a good team. And Portland, I've roasted this team lately. I had the Clippers last night, which worked out. The fact that it's a back-to-back is a bit concerning for fatigue – but it shouldn't be concerning for just emotions. They blew an 18-point lead at home. I think yep. Portland should be motivated for this game. The thing is, the Lakers have been really awful at guarding the three-point line recently. And Simons can shoot. Grant's been very good lately. They have some shooters. I think Simons could have a huge game in this one. I'm yep. going to go with Portland. I, I will not lay points with the Lakers unless they're against San Antonio. There's only one only one thing I'm playing in this game. I'm I'm definitely not laying points against with the Lakers, but only one thing I'm playing in this game, and that's AD's rebounds. Mm-hmm. If we go on his rebounds total in games that he actually played against Portland, because there is a game in here where he has seven minutes. And that is actually a realistic possibility. So I'm not gonna lie. There is a realistic possibility that he only has seven minutes in this game. But uh, 10, 7, 15, skipping the game where he had three rebounds because he had seven minutes. But still, three rebounds in seven minutes is pretty solid. 12, 10, 16, 9, 9, 7. So, oh, 14. I had another 14 there. He does pretty pretty solid on the rebounds. Uh, probably at, what, 9.5, maybe 10.5 for this game? For AD? Yeah. Oh, uh, let me uh, let me try to look at I, I assume it would be a little I assume it would be juiced maybe uh let me just see quickly. I see him at Oh, well, it's 12 and a half. Okay. Well, that changes things. I, I thought it was going to be higher, yeah. <sighs> okay. You don't have to bet every game. I don't think I'm going to bet this game at all. <laughs> but if I had to lean, I would definitely go Portland and I would probably play some combination of Grant and uh Grant and Simons on their points. Maybe Grant, because Simons will probably see some more Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly coming back in this game. So I'll probably play Grant. I don't even know if there's value on Simons because his three-point number is at four and a half. I mean, Dang, that's just that's crazy. Dame kind of love. That's it really love. is, but he's yeah. been good. Oh, shit. <laughs> Grant is still a two and a half. I still like the over on Grant threes because I believe he had five last night. He's been very good from the three-point line. All right. That's it. That's it for the show. Don't have anything else. Oh, yeah, lock and dog. Got that for you. For my lock, let me go back and look through the slate. Uh, I'm not going to give you Utah because we all know what we're doing in that game, so I'm not going to do that. Let's go with – 
the Milwaukee Bucks in New York. Let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks in New York. Give me the Bucks. Mm, do I, let's take the Bucks first half. Knicks coming off of Knicks coming off of a back to back. Really killed them. Probably shouldn't have as much an effect seeing how the starters didn't play that much, but it's still some travel in there and all that. I'll take and Milwaukee's just been a really good first half team. I'll take Milwaukee minus three and a half in the first half versus New York Knicks. For my dog. Dang. I guess I'll go. Take well, I'm getting a pretty decent price with Washington. I'll go Washington plus okay. 170. I was kind of hoping you'd take the Timberwolves just for the. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I'm okay. not doing it. I'm going to make you do it. I'm not doing it. I'll take plus 170 with Washington. Scott, what are you doing? All right. Uh, so for my lock, I thought about taking the Embiid prop once again for points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, I think I'm probably not going to spread do the that. wealth. You can spread the wealth. You gave it. Uh, out. You played. I was going to say. I, I was saying I gave it out earlier in the pod, but like I, I think that that's definitely a solid play there. Uh, but uh, looking at the actual card, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm going to take the Celtics at home uh, minus the nine. Boston's been unbelievable. Uh, there's no way around it. I know Jalen Brown might not play, but he might play. So we'll see what happens. But here's a looking at Boston's recent performances, and it's actually hilarious how good they've been. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really just something to witness. They're so damn good. And I'm not going to overreact to the Heat beating the Wizards twice and beating the Hawks. The Celtics are 10-1 and at home. Uh, beat Dallas by 13. Beat Sacramento by 18. Beat Washington by 9. Tatum did not play in that game. They also led by like 20-something in that game, and they beat Charlotte by 35. Like, this team is nuts. Miami on the road. You've you've talked about fading them for a while on the road. They're 2-7 and seven straight up on the road. Yep. But Boston just kills teams. I'll take Boston on the spot. All right. For my dog, I'm trying to think of how crazy I should go for this because I don't know if they're going to win the full game. And, and statistically speaking, they've been awful Uh in the first half on the road. But I like the spot. I'm going to take the Rockets, and I'm going to take them. Do I want first quarter at plus 195 or first half at plus 275? Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go first quarter. Okay. I'm going to go first quarter at plus 195. I just think it's a good spot where Denver's going to come into this game expecting to roll because they just beat this team. I think Houston, it's really difficult to really, no matter how bad the team is, to dominate against the same team twice. They're professionals. They just saw each other. I think Houston's going to be motivated to kind of avenge the loss they just had. It won't work out long term because Denver's the much better team. But for 12 minutes, I'm hoping Denver sleepwalks through the start of the game. We've seen that happen before. I'm going to take Houston first quarter at plus 195. All right. You have the lock and the dog. I am trying to make a little parlay. Uh, I really wanted Devin Vassell, but I don't see his numbers up yet. So right now, the parlay consists of Joe B 35-plus, and D'Angelo Russell, 25-plus. That's 13, 14-1. Okay. So I like that. Just know I'm probably adding Devin Vassell in there, and maybe he's – it's probably going to come out at like 20 and a half. So 19 and a half, 20 and a half, something like that. I'll take him up 25. 
and add him in there. And that'll be the parlay. So whenever that drops, that'll be. If Shea is out, by the way, I would look to pivoting towards like a Trey Mann type game for points. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But I mentioned Giannis triple-double at like roughly 13-14 to 1. I think that's probably worth something. Uh, Besides that, that's kind of going to wrap it up for me. Uh, Let's see here. We can do – I'm not about to play with the odds. I'm going to just go ahead and type in triple-double. Giannis triple-double and where's Sabonis? Sabonis triple – 550. What the fuck? Terrible. Awful. But you're getting 90 to 1. Which okay. is those two. Uh, is that with or without Sabonis? Because there's no chance. That's with me. Sabonis. So I'm, it's not just, put, I'm not putting 550 in there. Like, that's just not happening. So it's, it's just uh, Giannis and Sabonis. Both of them get a triple-double. Is 90 to 1. Okay. Uh, yeah, I really can't think. I mean, if we swap out Sabonis for Giddy, if Shea's ruled out. Ooh, that's going to be a great price. We don't have lines, we don't we don't have lines, lines yet, yeah. but that's going to be a great price. Yeah, I like that better. That's even fun. Okay. All right. We're throwing out some stuff out there. All right, guys, we went, we've been going for an hour and 30 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and end this and get y'all your time back. Uh, I, he's at Rush Show Radio. I'm at Really Real underscore underscore. Make sure you subscribe to all the podcasts, NBA Gambling Podcast, NFL Gambling Podcast, Tennis Gambling Podcast, everything you have. Subscribe to all the podcasts, leave reviews. Uh, we gave you the lots. gave you some parlays, some cool parlays. So let's see if we hit those. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. So we're out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.